The farmer had decided to go on vacation, and he decided most of his animals could manage just fine while he was gone. All but his cat and his horse. You see, these were his two favorites of all the animals in his possession. So he called his best friend and said, Hey, I need you to watch my cat and my horse while I'm gone. The farmer was enjoying his relaxing vacation when he received a phone call from his best friend. Hey, your cat is dead. The farmer said, That was so harsh. You could have sugarcoated it a little bit for me. The friend said, I'm sorry. What could I have done better? I'll try to be more sensitive next time. The farmer began to speak kindly. Let me explain. You see, first you could have called me, and you could have told me that the cat was on the roof. Second, you could have called me and told me you couldn't get the cat down, and that things weren't looking good. Thirdly, you could have called me and said, I'm so sorry, we couldn't get the cat down. She didn't make it. You've got to learn to sugarcoat things for people and be sensitive. The friend said, I'm so sorry. I'll do better next time, I promise. The farmer enjoyed another day of vacation, looked down at his phone, and saw his best friend was calling him again. So he answered. The friend said, hey, sorry to bother you. I just wanted to let you know, your horse is on the roof. The point I'm trying to get across today is that there is a time for sugarcoating and sensitivity. I like donuts sugarcoated. I like iced tea with some sugar. But when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to things pertaining my soul, when it comes to things that will affect my family, my church, and my friends, we can't sugarcoat the gospel. And so today on the Noteworthy Podcast, we're going to be talking about the terror of the Lord. And this is a subject that um, is very difficult to sugarcoat. And if you're like me in these last days, I'm saying, preach it to me straight, pastor. If it's going to keep me out of hell, preach it to me, pastor. I don't care how much it hurts. I don't care how uncomfortable it makes me. If it's going to keep me out of hell, then preach it to me straight. You don't have to sugarcoat it for me. So guys, thank you for tuning into the episode. So excited about getting to spend some time with you today. It's going to be a great podcast. Let's go. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning back into the podcast today. Uh, So excited about all of you that have been leaving ratings and reviews. I wanted to take a second to just say thank you. And as I promised, I wanted to give you a shout out on the podcast for leaving a review. Uh, Here's a five-star review. I'm going to read two of them today. It says, love the Frenches. Listen to this regularly. Always a treasure trove of inspiration and insight. This is Brandon Hensley. Brandon, I love you, man. Thank you so much for the kind words. Praying for you and your church during this time. Looking forward to seeing you again 
soon. Love you, bro. Another five-star review here says, great podcast, amazing techniques and ways you put your podcast together. You make it interesting and love how I'm always tuned in because there's always something to gain out of Noteworthy. I enjoy listening to Noteworthy whenever I can. Thank you. This is Crystalline from Oklahoma. Crystalline, thank you so much for those kind words. It means the world. For you guys that are listening, if you leave a five-star rating and review, leave your name and where you're from, and I'll be sure to give you a shout-out on the podcast. Guys, you're making a difference. People are hearing it. They're hearing the gospel. It's bumping up the charts because of you guys. Thanks for what you do. I appreciate you so much. Back to the show. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse 11 says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. The terror of the Lord. There's not really a way to sugarcoat it. There's not a way to get around this scripture. It's only referred to once in the entire Bible. And I believe that Paul wrote this very intentionally and purposefully. Terror is a very strong word. It means intense, sharp, overmastering fear. And when you see something this intense in Scripture, you can't help but stop and say, wait a minute, this must be something significant and important for my life. The terror of the Lord is different than just simply saying the fear of the Lord. In Proverbs 1 and 7 and 9 and 10, the fear of the Lord is called the beginning or foundation of wisdom. In Proverbs 15.33, the fear of the Lord is described as the discipline or instruction of wisdom. But the terror of the Lord is very specific in our overview, in our study today, because the terror of the Lord is specifically referring to the judgment of God. You see where I'm going here, how you can't, you can't sugarcoat the judgment of God. And I think we have a weakness in this culture, in our evangelistic strategies, where we think, that absolutely everything has to be sugarcoated for people to receive it. And I would argue with you today that the world is looking for something that is real and something that is true. And I think the church needs to readdress this and say, listen, some things we need to just preach and preach it in love. And if we'll tell people the truth, they're going to realize that the church loves them because we love them enough to tell them the truth. And this has become the forbidden sermon in our culture. You won't hear the televangelist talking about it. You won't hear people shouting about it during worship service. And that message is simply this. There is a hell. And it will be an eternal home to all those who are not born again into the kingdom of God. Hebrews 10 and 31 says, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. 
The irony of our culture screams out with a passive grin. Only God can judge me. As if that's something to be taken lightly. And I believe that's why Paul so lovingly penned it this way. The terror of the Lord goes against the passive, apathetic voice of the culture. While the culture says, only God can judge me, Paul is reaching out saying, that's the only judge you need to be concerned with. That's the only judge that should keep you up at night. Because the terror of the Lord is the fear of standing before the Lord and having one's life exposed and evaluated and judged by God Almighty. Who is this King of glory? Who is this God that is my Savior and my judge? The Lion and the Lamb, the beginning and the end. The God that came and died for me and, and loves me, gave his all for me, will also serve as my judge when it's all said and done. And it's so interesting how it says, when it's talking about knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, Second Corinthians 5.11, it says, this is how we persuade men. We persuade men. And this is the thing is that we have been convinced, I believe, and, and if you disagree with me, I would love to hear your opinion on this, but I think the apostolic church is failing when it comes to preaching on hell. We love to talk about heaven, and listen, I'm living for God, I want to go to heaven, but there should be a fear of, of hell. We should still have that. We should still be able to get up in a pulpit and say, there is a hell, and it will be an eternal place. There will be gnashing of teeth. It will be an eternal inferno. There will be no end to the suffering. This is real. This is biblical. And just like we preach about heaven, we should be able to get up in our pulpits unfettered, unafraid, and say there is a hell. And if you are not born again, if you don't live for God, there is a place that the enemy has prepared for you, just like there is a place that the Lord has prepared for you. Listen, when I was a kid, <laughs> I'm only 29 years old. When I was a kid, preachers were talking about hell. And me and my little friends were sitting on the front row and we weren't napping in church because we were we were scared half the time. Listen, it's okay to experience some fear of the Lord. That's biblical. We should feel that. There should be something inside us that says this God is so real. He's so powerful. He's so almighty that there is a reverence that should come about us when we think about the eternal part of who we are, the soul of who we are, the part of us that is going to live on forever. This is the terror of the Lord, and it's a healthy thing for us to consider it. The devil is so thrilled. He's so happy because, because of our culture. There's this thing that's happening. It's a culture that does not fear hell like they once did. 
Satan is thrilled at our culture's apathetic take on our eternal destiny. Research shows that 32% of adults believe in an actual hell. That means 68% of adults do not believe in an actual place called hell. Some even said they believe that we are in hell right now, and that after death we all go to heaven. In the survey, they addressed the question, why do so few people believe in hell? They have all come to the same conclusion. They said it like this, people just don't preach about hell anymore. Well, let's look at what the Bible says about it, and we need to ask ourselves the question, what does the Bible say about hell? Well, if you look to Revelations chapter 21 and verse 6, I'm going to read a few scriptures here. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water, of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. The Bible tells us about hell over and over again. We've got Bible for it. And that's why we have to keep preaching. That's why we have to keep singing. That's why we have to keep dancing. That's why we have to keep being the church. I love to praise God and think about heaven, but every once in a while, the church needs to be able to lift up their hands and praise God for what he pulled us out of. That's why I shout. It's not just about heaven. He saved my soul from hell. You say, oh, Nathan, I'm I'm worried if I live for God, I'm, I'm going to miss out on some things. I'll miss out on some life experiences. The truth is, you're right. You're going to miss out on a lot of shame. You're going to miss out on unnecessary baggage. Yeah, if you live for God, you're going to miss out on resentment and bitterness. And most importantly, you're going to miss out on hell. It's not just about what I gain. I praise him that, that I'm, I'm going to live in heaven. What an amazing thing. But I also praise him for what I miss out on. I miss out on hell. 
God's calling the church in this hour to preach the gospel, to preach the world out of hell. Whatever it takes, we are the body of Christ pulling towards the heart of a hell-bound sinner who is one miracle away from heaven. It was, uh, I, I can't remember who said it, but it says, if my faith in God is wrong, then I've wasted my life. If you're wrong about God, you've wasted your eternity. I would be remiss today to leave you with only half of the truth because the same Bible that tells us over and over again about hell also tells us that heaven is real. And we have Bible for that because in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 14, it says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. When we were born, every single one of us were born with a blank page. We were all born into sin. Not only did sin curse man with death, but Satan didn't stop there. Satan so hates the world that the Bible calls hell the second death. Satan wants you to go to hell because he knows he is going there. In Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10, it says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. This is Revelation right here. I'm going to tell you why Satan hates you so much. Satan hates you because he has no escape from hell. And he can't stand the fact that you have the hope of heaven, and he doesn't. He has experienced heaven, and heaven is a part of his past, and he hates you because if you'll live for Jesus Christ, heaven is a part of your future. Jesus came and died on Calvary, and he shed his blood so all our sins could be blotted out and that our names could be written in that book of life that Revelations was talking about. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When Nicodemus asked how he could go to heaven, Jesus answered him and said in John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, if you've experienced the second birth, you don't have to worry about the second death. Whew, my goodness. How do we escape the second death, which is hell? The second birth. When you're born again. Jesus has more life than Satan has death.
I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus has more life than Satan has death. 1 Corinthians 15 and 55 says, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is thy victory? You know, years ago, I was (laughs) a teenager, (laughs) and uh, my youth group loved to go ice skating for New Year's. Every year we would go ice skating. And I am the worst ice skater you have ever seen in your life. It's just pitiful. I mean, you would feel bad for me if you saw me. That's how bad it is. And uh, But every year we would go. And one year I finally decided, you know what? When I get out on that ice, I can't control my own feet. And I don't like that sensation. I like to have control of my feet. And I decided one day that that's just not an atmosphere I want to put my feet on because I lose control. I don't have the ability to control my feet with ice skates on them when I'm on ice. And I thought to myself, you know, it'd be interesting if uh, some Christians would apply this to your life. You say, Brother Nathan, you're talking about heaven and hell and how I need to live for Jesus Christ. And we went through the list of, of how sin, sin can take you to hell. And that's exactly what Satan is trying to do with your life. Don't go where you can't control your own feet. You can live for God. Stay in God's house. Stay on a sure foundation. Psalm 37 and 31 says, The law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. You control your own feet. Take control of your destiny. You say, but but Nathan, I can't control my surroundings. I can't control what's happening around me. Oh, I'm aware. You can't control the world around you. But you you know what you can control? Your own feet. And make sure that your feet are standing on a sure foundation in these last days. Spend your time with the people of God. Stay around people that will uplift you spiritually and have meaningful conversations about the Bible and prayer and the Spirit with you. Don't step out on an atmosphere where you're sure to fail. Don't step out onto the ice when you know you can't control your feet in that atmosphere. That's like an alcohol, a recovering alcoholic saying, I'm going to go to hang out at the bar, but I'm not going to drink. Why would you step into an atmosphere where you know it's going to be difficult to control an addiction? It's going to be a, a struggle to control your own feet. The advice I would give to you today is that if you want to live for God, get in the house of God. Get with the people of God. The terror of the Lord is real and hell is real. And the devil wants to do everything in his power to try to destroy you. But I've got good news for you today. Jesus has life and life more abundantly. And he's giving it to his people. We're going to live with him forever. We're going to worship him forever. Let's dedicate ourselves to him and walk 
in that knowledge of knowing that this is what God pulled me out of. He pulled me out of hell. He pulled me out of destruction. He pulled me out of my past and launched me into my future. Would you pray with me? Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those that are listening right now. I know this has been an unusual topic, an unusual conversation today, Lord, but I just feel it so strongly in my spirit that somebody needs to hear this, that there is coming a day, there's coming a day, Lord, when you're going to come back for your church, and I want to be ready. I want to go to heaven. I want to live with you forever, Jesus. I pray for those that are listening. Maybe there are some listening that are struggling with addiction or they're struggling with sin. I pray, Lord, in your name, that you would break every addiction in their life, that they would come out of darkness, come out of sin, and live a life of righteousness so that we can be ready for you when that trumpet sounds. We worship you, God, and we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. It's been such a good time getting to spend time with you. Remember that the same terror of the Lord that we're talking about, the same God that is your judge, is also the God that loves you enough to die for you. He came down to earth. He lived on this earth for 33 years, and he died on a cross for me and for you. That's how much he loves us. Walk in that today. Walk in that victory today and determine that hell is not an option for me. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to live for God. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning into the Noteworthy Podcast. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week. God bless.